This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Live stream, glad to have you. need a Bible, raise your hands or usher will get you the Word of God. Go with me to Matthew 6, that's where we're going to receive our tithes and offerings at tonight. Matthew 6, as you're turning there, woo, I, I got a lot going on here, so I really, really believe that this house is ripe for salvations tonight, for healings tonight, and miracles tonight. I really believe that with my heart, and so we'll just watch what God wants to do here, and he's still a miracle-working God, so we go to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. A week ago, we were on verse 24. Tonight, we'll be in verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One of the most mispronounced verses in all the Bible. If, if you'll notice, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Most of the time, people say this, where your heart's at, that's where your treasure will be. But that's not what he said. Your heart will always follow your treasure or your heart will always follow your money. So where's your money? Where's your treasure? Because that's where your heart will be. So having money's not the problem. The problem is when money starts having me. And so what he's getting over here that it's very easy for me to focus more on the physical than the spiritual. And so when I, I, I read this right here, the answer to all this is Matthew 6, He said, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. So even in the area of my finances and your finances, if I would make them kingdom of God first, my, my finances got to go to the kingdom of God first, then stuff would begin to happen. So when I read this here, and you look at what he's saying, Jesus doesn't prohibit material possessions. And he's not against you enjoying the material things he's given, but what he gets over here is, man, he doesn't want us to be selfish and he doesn't want us to be dominated by this materialistic lifestyle. So when he throws these things in here, the design to keep me in track with God is I gotta give. And I give God the first fruit. And when I do, woo, your, your life will become a, an adventure when you start giving. I'm, I promise, until you look and think, oh my gosh, I, I cannot believe how God's blessed me. And he's blessed me to be a blessing. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we love you. We, we thank you for the opportunity just to give. And Lord, I, I pray right now that Lord, you get our, our hearts in line with you, your desires and the Lord, we truly seek first the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, all right. A couple quick announcements. The rate for the Cherish Conference will increase on May 31st. And so that's a week from tonight. You got to get that in there, ladies. I'm telling you, you got some great speakers. Also, a week from tonight is a family worship. And then our next partnership class is on June 11th. So you can sign up for that at the info table or online. Okay. Ooh, got to get rolling here. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Something been stern within me for a couple of days here on this. And so we'll just begin to preach the word of God to you. I, I encourage you to take notes. Here, here, let me give you a little insight on something. If you weren't here Sunday morning, go back and listen to that podcast. It's one of the most significant services I've been in in a long time. There was a move of God in here. How many were here on the second surface? How many of you say, man, there was a move of God in here? 
I thought, man, we're getting ready to get raptured. We're going to get out of here, Jesus. It, it, it was a move of heaven. So I, I just keep praying that we welcome the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he does. And so go back and listen to that. I believe you'll be blessed. Okay, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you would believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you would be saved. Now, he's talking about salvation here. So if we notice here, he says we are, are told to believe with the heart. That word believe there means to trust in, to, to be fully convinced, to acknowledge, and to rely on. So the very first thing he says is you got to believe, or you believe with the mouth, and then he says you confess, you believe with the heart, and you confess with the mouth. The interesting thing about confess with the mouth here is the word confess in the Greek means a, a public binding declaration. The word confess in the Hebrew means to agree. So when I confess something out of my mouth, according to the Hebrew, I am agreeing. So in this passage right here, that salvation is achieved when I believe with the heart and I confess with the mouth and I agree that the Lord Jesus is the Son of God. That's how you get born again. And you may say, wow, that's simple. It is simple. It's an easy process the Lord graces us through. So he goes on to say in verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. So what you see here, it's appropriated by heart belief and spoken confession. So if it's heart belief and spoken confession, that's how I get saved. Every other thing within the kingdom of God happens the same way. You gotta get the word of God down in your heart. You gotta believe the word of God. But something happens when I start speaking the word out of my mouth. Gotta start doing that. Verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now notice, he said whoever. Notice he didn't say only perfect people because there are no perfect people. He said whoever. So guess what that tells me? Every one of us in here right now, everybody watching by live stream, you are a whoever. You are a candidate for this. And so he's saying, just come to a place where you call on the Lord, where I say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I look at this correctly, faith right here is birthed in the heart. How is it birthed in the heart? I've got to hear the word. And notice what he says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. So you know what that tells me? Faith doesn't come just one time by hearing. You're going to have to continue to stay in the word here. So faith here, the word of God is what the Holy Spirit uses to awaken a response of faith within us. So what I want us to do right now, just real briefly, let's welcome the Holy Spirit to awaken the word within us tonight. Be the great teacher, Holy Spirit. Go ahead, cause the word of God to awaken within us. Now turn with me to Mark chapter five. 
And you may say, man, why, why did you read all that? Well, I'm, I'm setting the table with all that because through this passage of scripture here in Mark 5, you're going to see the very things we just talked about. I believe with the heart. I confess with the mouth. And something happens with my ears when I hear the word of God. In this passage, you're going to watch this. So, this applies to me and you, okay? Man, let, let the word of God soak in you. Matthew, or Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side. So, if we were to back up and we would read the previous verses, Jesus, he, he was on this side of the Sea of Galilee in a place called Gadara. Gadara is where the madman of Gadara comes from. So he's dealt with this demon-possessed guy. He comes back across the, the, the lake in a boat. And so if you're, a, if you're a person of geography, the cities that were on the other side of the lake were Tiberias, uh, Magdala, where Mary of Magdalene came from, and then one called Capernaum. I believe he's going to Capernaum, and the reason I say that is because of the majority of the miracles that Jesus did on the Sea of Galilee, he did at Capernaum. That doesn't have anything with what we're doing tonight, but that's where it's headed. He's going to Capernaum, I believe. So we go on to say, and a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. So Jesus had this ability that wherever he went, he drew crowds. And so he's willing up on the boat by the sea, and I mean the crowds are coming in the masses. Verse 22, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, he came and Jairus was by name. Now Jairus is a Jewish leader of this synagogue. That's who he is. And he comes up to Jesus, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now, when you fall at, at Jesus' feet, I believe this, you acknowledge him as Lord. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. I believe this is what's going on. So he bows to Jesus. Verse 23, and he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So when we look at what he's talking about here, Jairus says to Jesus, Jesus, if you'll just come and lay hands on my daughter, notice his words. He said, she'll be healed and she'll live. Now, she's in bad shape. Because it says she's at the point of dying. And again, he just says, Lord Jesus, come and lay hands on her and she'll live. Now here's the question that rises off of Jairus. How did he know to ask Jesus to come and lay hands on her? I believe that he had seen Jesus do it. Or he had heard that Jesus heals people. Jesus raises folk from the dead. And I, I believe that's what he's acting on. He's either seen it personally or he's heard about Jesus. 
Verse 24. So Jesus went with him. So better stated here, Jesus agrees to go with, with Jairus. And a great multitude followed him and, and they thronged him. So you can imagine what's going on here. Jairus, he's full with, uh, of joy. He, he is so excited and hope. I mean, he's, he's just lit up because Jesus has agreed to go with him. But what he doesn't know right now, he's about to experience an interruption or a delay. Now, think about here in, in verse 24, what he, or verse 25, the multitudes are, are all around him. They're thronging against him, which better stated to be, they are pressing up against him. They are on all sides of Jesus. It would be easy to say everywhere Jesus, it's jam-packed with people touching Jesus. Get the picture. Verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. 4,380 days. I multiplied that, okay? She has a medical condition or a medical problem for 12 years. So let me walk you through this just a little bit. For 4,380 days, every morning when she wakes up, she still has this medical condition. I, I don't know, there may be someone in. Anybody in here had a medical condition for years? I see Eddie's hand. There's some. There's Solomon back there. There's some. I've had medical conditions. Now, now just think about this. We're, we're not talking about a day. We, we're talking about 12 years. 12 years of her life. Verse 26. And she had suffered many things from many physicians. Meaning, I, I believe they had, they had done surgery on her. They're trying everything they can do in the wisdom of a doctor they have. And so it says, for many physicians she had suffered and she spent all that she had and was no better but grew worse. So she's just not sick. She suffered. And now she's got another problem. She's financially broke. And if you'll notice right here, she was no better but grew worse. Now Mark doesn't list this in his writing, but she had another problem called a religious problem. And what that literally means, that in Leviticus 15, that if you had any form of a blood disease, you were viewed as ceremonially unclean. So you know what that meant? You're not supposed to go around the public. You're not supposed to get near them. Actually, you're supposed to stay outside of the city. You are an outcast. And so you look at everything this woman has. And I'm telling you, she's all, she's all messed up. She's 3D, I believe. She's defiled, she's destitute, and she's de desperate. But what I want you to see something here. 
She doesn't allow her problems to keep her from going to Jesus. I want to highlight that for you. I, I don't know what your problems are today. But Jesus welcomes you. Don't, don't allow your problems to keep you from going to Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm not good enough. Well, none of us are good enough. So we get the picture of, of what this lady's going through. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the Bible says when she heard about Jesus, so think about this, she heard the stories about the Lord Jesus that he's a miracle worker, that, that he's a healer. And I believe when she hears this, she realizes he's my last hope. Because if we look at what the doctor said, her disease is now incurable. They couldn't do anything else. But she hears about Jesus, and then it says she came behind him in the crowd, and she touched his garment. Now think about some of this. It's jam-packed. People are everywhere. Jesus is on his way to heal this Jairus' daughter. And, and this woman hears about Jesus. And she has this idea, she said, if I can just come in the crowd and touch the hem of his garment. Now, where did she get that thought? Had she seen someone touch Jesus? Or did people say, listen, all you gotta do is touch Jesus. All you gotta get close enough is touching. Just, just touching. And, and you'll be whole. But she knows she can't get close. She couldn't be heard if she was yelling at him. He wouldn't hear. And then the other side of that is she couldn't get him to stop because there's so many people. So to me, this woman, she says, I'm going to go under the radar. I'm, I'm going to get so close to him that all I got to touch him and I'll go unseen. Now, now think about this. The crowds are so massive, it's jam-packed. And this lady is so desperate. She says, I, I'm going to touch his I don't care what happens. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I, I don't know within us if we ever get to a place where we're that desperate. I mean, she's on her last leg, guys. Verse 28. For she said, for she said, what did she say? If I only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. For she said, so now we go back to Romans 10, 9 and 10, the word confess. The word confess means to agree. She said, she confessed out of her mouth. She made a public declaration and she said, if I just touch his clothes, I shall may be well. That The Passion Translation said, she kept saying to herself over and over and over, I just need to touch the hem of his garment and I shall be made well. Now the Greek word for well is a word that's spelled S-O-Z-O, which is called zozo. The word zozo means healed, to be saved, to be rescued, and to be restored. That's the very meaning 
of to be healed. To be healed is to be saved, to be healed, to be rescued, to be restored. Let me ask anybody, is anybody in here a candidate for some Zozo? Wow, it's a bunch of hands going up. I just gotta touch the hem of his garment. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction or the suffering. Now, look real close at verse 29. Immediately, she touches the hem of his garment. Immediately. So think about this. This has been going on for 12 years, 4,380 days, and immediately, if anyone would have known what's going on, she knew. She knew something happened within me when I touched the hem of his garment. But her actions don't go unnoticed. Jesus himself, he realizes something took place. So now we get to verse 30 and Jesus immediately knowing himself that power had gone out of him. So if we look at verse 29 and we look at verse 30, with the woman immediately and verse 30 we look and it says Jesus immediately. So think about this simultaneously, both of them had an immediate experience. She got healed, and it says, immediately, knowing himself that power had gone out of him, he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Jesus knew power or virtue had gone out of him. Someone had accessed his power. Someone had, had tapped into his power by this thing called crazy, crazy faith. Something happened. Now think about it again. Jesus is pressed on all sides. So watch what his disciples say in verse 31. But his disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? Who touched me? See, Jesus distinguished the difference between somebody just bumping into him and someone having what I call crazy faith because in verse 30, if you'll remember, he said, who touched me? Well, people are touching him everywhere, but there was somebody in there that had some crazy faith and, and he was very aware of it. And so this woman was desperate. And so Jesus he doesn't want what he does for us to go unnoticed. He doesn't want it to remain a secret. What he wants us to do here is, he said, man, I want people to know I'm a miracle worker. I'm the healer. Verse 32. And he looked around to see who had done this thing. Think about this. Jesus is looking. People are bumping into him. And he's looking around. Who did this? Who, who did this? Who, who touched me for healing? Verse 33. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She tells him the whole truth, what happened. Now there's two things off of when it says she came before him with fear and trembling. One side of it, it says that she knew 
because she was ceremonially unclean. She wasn't supposed to be around people. But she was so desperate, she said, I don't give a flip what they think. And she knew this, even though I'm ceremonially unclean, I can't make Jesus unclean. He's clean. The second thing with fear and trembling is when she comes before him with fear and trembling, it was a form of worship. It was a form of worship to say, Woo, Lord Jesus, this is what you did. And so when he get over on this with the fear and the trembling here, you, you got to think about this. This guy named Jairus, he's standing there. He's hearing everything this woman's saying. And, and with her fear and trembling, look how Jesus responds. And he said in verse 34, he said, her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So you know what Jesus just said to her? You're healed because of your crazy faith. There had to be other needs there. Had to be with all that people. But this one, she taps in. So now I want you to think about all this right here. Jairus is hearing every bit of this. He's hearing the word, the woman testify. How she got healed. What he doesn't know at that time is that her testimony is building his faith because he doesn't know he's getting ready to get some horrible news. Verse 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? Your daughter's dead. After the delay, with all the people pressing against him, after the delay, the interruption of this woman, Jairus is told she's dead. Your daughter's dead. Do you throw in the towel? Do you quit? Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard that word that was spoken, as soon as Jesus heard that word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, don't be afraid, only believe. And when Jesus says this here, he's saying, don't allow other people's words to become a distraction for you. Jesus said, just believe. Just believe. So in 2005, I am in Seattle, Washington. I'm going through a school all week out there at a place called the Pacific Institute. The guy that's the head of that, he's an older guy at the time. And he begins to share a story. And he said that his wife started getting sick and sick and sick and sick. And so he took her to a doctor. The doctor said, your wife has this form of horrible cancer. They treated and treated and couldn't do anything. Finally, they brought the man and the woman in and they said, we're done. There's nothing we can do for her. Take her home. He goes home. Puts her in her bedroom, calls his two daughters that are a little older now, and they come to the house. 
He tells them the doctor's report. Then he looks at the two girls and said, I'm not asking you, I'm commanding you that if you ever go in that room with your mother, the only thing you are to talk to your mother about is living and her future. He said, if I catch you saying anything other than her living and her future, I will march you out of here. And he said, I'm going to write a sign on the door that when family and friends come over, if I catch any of them saying anything to her about uh, anything other than living and her future, they're out. He said there were many family members. They would come in and they would start speaking about her dying and he'd tell them, out, get out, get out. So day by day, by day, by day, he would tell her about living. He'd tell her about her future with her grandkids. Just over and over and over and over and over. That day he had pictures of her. She's still alive. She was alive. See, something happens when I get into an environment of faith. And remember what the woman with the issue of blood, she said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. She confessed out of her mouth what she wanted to happen. See, her confession so powerful. So powerful. A couple years ago, I, I, I had a stretch where, man, my, my tongue was negative. It was yucky. And the Lord dealt with me one day. And I'll never forget this. He said, after every phrase or sentence that you speak out of your mouth, I want you to say this, and that's just the way I want it to be. Now, I'm telling you right now, get a hold of this. So, here's your assignment. Everything that you say out of your mouth, I want you to tag it with, and that's just the way I want it, and you might as well get ready. And so, let me give you an illustration. I'm always broke, and that's just the way I want it. My family's always sick, and that's just the way I want it. We never get a promotion, and that's just the way I want it. You know, this person has this good, and this person, but I'll never have anything good, and that's just the way I want it. My marriage sucks, and that's just the way I want it. That's not good, okay? You know what that did with me? It elevated. It elevated. I became very conscious of my words. Now remember, the word confess means you agree. So the words you're speaking out of your mouth, you're confessing and you say, what I speak out of my mouth, I agree, I agree, I agree. Woo. You know, those who say they can and those who say they can't, they're both right. They're both right. So Jesus says to Jairus, he said, only believe. Only belief. And, and, and I think about all this. He's asked Jesus to come to his house to heal his daughter. Come lay your hands on her and she'll live. Jesus said, I'm in. They're on the way. But they crossed this woman's path. And I believe her testimony was to help him with his faith. And that's what happens with our testimony. Man, we got to tell people what Jesus has done. We got to do those things day by day by day. And so right here, is there something in your life that needs to be healed that you've had for years and years and years? Is there something in your life right now that you say, Lord, I need it to be raised from the dead? Hebrews 13, the Lord said, 
I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't change. I got one more story for you. Let me tell you this. I'm, I'm young in the Lord. I get around a guy who I'm telling you, the guy was a praying machine. Praying machine. Just loved to pray. And many of you have heard me tell this story, but every time I'd get around him, he'd elbow me and say, hey, let me tell you what God told me. I was like, how's God always talking to him? Man, he spent a lot of time with the Lord. He was a man of prayer. Actually, he was one of the greatest examples in my life of how to pray. I prayed with him for probably two years on Wednesdays and Sundays. So this guy, he had an adopted son. He's stationed at Cannon Air Force Base. He's in the military. One night, his phone rings at three in the morning. When, you, when the phone rings at three in the morning, it's not, oh, happy day. It's, oh, hell broke loose. His phone rings at three in the morning. They said to him, so-and-so, your son's in the hospital. You need to get up here as fast as you can. He gets up there and he says, what's going on? And they said, your son tried to commit suicide. He, he injected his veins on his arms with Clorox. He said, we don't think there's any way he can make it. Now, when that Clorox cycles through his body, it'll kill all his vital organs. We don't think he'll be here within the morning. And even if he did make it, he'll be, he'll be where he'll have no use of his arms again. So this man of prayer just looked at the doctor, listened to what he said, never agreed with him, never nothing. The doctor left. He started laying hands on his son in the name of Jesus, speaking life to him. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. He said, I, I, I prayed for him for four hours. He said, the doctor came back in about seven that morning and looked and said, I'm shocked that your boy's still alive. He said, he's alive, but he said he'll never have used his arms again. Well, the daddy, the prayer warrior, he thought there for a second, well, I ought to be just glad that my son's alive. And he said, the Lord said this to him. He said, don't settle out of court with the devil. Don't settle out of court with the devil. When God says he'll heal him, if God could heal him and keep him alive, God can heal his arms. And so he said, I'm not, I'm not settling out of court with the devil. So he went back over there, started speaking over that boy's arms and everything. And that son, when he would speak to him, he'd say, you'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And he kept speaking. The son got full range of arms, motion. See, our God's no respecter of persons. Our God's a healer. You know, many times we just call him Father God, but think about his covenant name. One of God's covenant names is Jehovah Rafi. I may be pronouncing that wrong, but that's in the, that's the Hebrew. Have you ever addressed Father God as Rafi? Ooh, my, my heavenly father's name is Rafi. You know what that means? He's the God who heals. Psalms 103.3 said, I heal from all disease. Whew. He's a healer. What would happen if we begin to say, do you know my father, my heavenly father, his covenant name is Rafi. My father, he, he heals. I, I, I believe that God's desire is to continue. I don't think he's ever stopped. I just think we as Christians, we got lazy. We're not desperate. We don't have crazy faith. So I'm gonna have to just stand up right there. Wow. What a passage of scripture. 
Again, it doesn't matter if it's a 12-year-old disease or a 12-year-old girl. It's interesting. Both of them had 12s. He's a healer. Why don't you bow your head with me right there where you're at? Father God, we acknowledge you tonight as Jehovah Rapha. Ooh, he's the God who heals. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the provision. Isaiah 53, 5. Matthew 8, 17. 1 Peter 2, 24. That by your stripes we've been made whole. We thank you for that. And Lord, you said, ooh, you said lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus and they would be whole. In the name, in the name. And so, Father God, we stand before you right here. Let me ask right now. Anybody in here need to be healed? Raise your hands up real high. I'm gonna tell you, God sees your hands, okay? Can I give you a little insight? It's not a problem for him to heal. <laughs> He's already done it. So, Father God, you see hands going up right down here right now. We acknowledge you as the miracle worker, as we sang. We acknowledge you as the healer tonight. We, we thank you for the provision you've made. So what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna dismiss you. If you need to go, you can go. If you would like to come down here, we will lay hands on you. We're gonna get people down here. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray in faith. We're not gonna pray maybe so, hope so. We're gonna pray. We believe he's the healer. And so if you desire that and you say, that's me, that's me. I welcome you to stay if you need to go. Bless you. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.